Hey listeners, quick question. Are you tired of overpaying for your mobile plan? I've got the answer. Ting Mobile. Ting Mobile is all about flexibility and savings. You only pay for what you use, no crazy fees or overages. It's perfect for those who want control over their phone bill without sacrificing quality. Say goodbye to bloated phone bills. Go to foxcitiesmm.com slash ting. Ting Mobile. Mobile that makes sense. You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin. Hey everybody and welcome to the first episode of our new podcast, Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I'm Eric Walterkins. I'm Gavin Schmidt. And Gavin, take it away with a new subject. All right. So, Eric, I don't have any notes with me. Yes, we're Gavin is going to try to just wing this one yes, and see how kick, it turns we're, we're it kicking out. Kicking off first episode with no notes, but I think I can pull it through because for our very first episode, we're going to talk about my all-time favorite case. We're just right off the bat. Gonna wow, going to throw my favorite one out there. So it's great. The first episode is the best episode. Yeah, so. this is it. So, you know, it, does. it doesn't get any better than this, guys. After, after this week, you can just stop. But, um, don't okay. do that. No, don't do that. Okay, so little little backstory. There's a coffee shop uh, near where we grew up. I won't say the name on the air. There's a coffee shop where we grew up, and there was a book in the coffee shop, and the book was called Wisconsin Death Trip. And I strongly suggest people find this book. It's an amazing book. And what it is, is it's got like little newspaper clips of very strange things that happened in Wisconsin. And a lot of it happens by the city of Black River Falls. But one of the clips happened in Kakana, Wisconsin, which is the city where Eric and I grew up. Not to give that away to anybody, but, but, but we did. Uh, neither one of us lives there anymore. So no, if you want to come, come after us, you're not going to find us there. So. Yeah. But uh, but that was in there, and I was like, oh. And that was what really sparked me looking into local crimes. So this is really like a personal thing for me. And so I went to the local library, and I looked up the old microfilm, and I looked up this story, and the story got even stranger than the version that was in the book. So this is that story. So this is this is the original story that I researched years before I ever wrote the Foxy's Murder Mayhem book. So this is... Really what kicked everything off. And just for clarifications, is this story in the Fox Cities? It is. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Is. Yep. Okay. And this, uh, we're going to call this the story of Porter Ross. Okay. Porter Ross. Love this guy. So Porter Ross moves to the Fox Cities area from out east. Uh, his wife dies young. So he needs a new wife. Because back in the day, if you had a wife and children and your wife died, well, you weren't going to take care of your kids. <laughs> you know, you'd have to send them away to grandparents or an orphanage or something because a single guy does not take care of kids. He tries to find himself a new wife. Uh, he's successful. He does find a new wife, but he ends up having trouble with her almost right off the bat. Now, his wife and his wife's sister have a very questionable history and things seem okay at first. But Porter starts going home from work or wherever he is during the day, and his wife is missing. He'll look around his search town, and he'll find her and her sister in the local 
What do we call it? Should we call it boarding house? Are we going to use a nice way of saying it? Sure. Okay. They're on the edge of town. Uh, in these, uh, At this time, this was really common. On the edges of any city, you would have a boarding house where young women would provide services to lonely men. And he would find his wife and his wife's sister there. And he'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not cool. And he'd bring her back home. And this actually happened a couple times where he would go home, wouldn't find her. He'd have to go out and find her at this place. Well, winter comes. He goes home. She's not there. He sees a horse-drawn sleigh go by. I should I should preface all this. This is back in the 1890s. So so I did I didn't make that clear <laughs> off the bat. I'm sorry. I should have done that first. This is this is this is 120 years ago. Okay. So no no cars yet. The the horse-drawn carriage is going by. You know your beautiful like jingle bells type scene. <laughs> um, and it's a man in this carriage with Porter's wife. Uh, he's not very thrilled about that. <laughs> So he, you know, he settles up his own horse. He grabs his gun. He goes, I'm through. I'm sick of this. He rides out to the edge of town and he goes to the boarding house, which is basically up where, for those familiar with Kakana, if you're not, it doesn't matter. But if you're familiar with Kakana, it's up on what I call Pool Hill. So he goes there, he goes to the boarding house and he's like, where's my wife? And they're like, oh, she's not here. She's totally not here. <laughs> And he's like, no, pretty sure, because I followed some sleigh tracks. Pretty sure she's here. So he busts upstairs. He busts into some rooms. You know what's going on in these rooms. And he, he busts in a couple rooms until he finds his wife. And he's like, aha! <laughs> and he's not even nice now. He's not like, come back home. He starts shooting. So he shoots his wife. He shoots his wife's sister, who's also in this place. Um, one guy tries to escape by jumping out a window. He breaks his leg on the way out. Um, another guy doesn't die, but he takes a shot. So just this whole mess. The wife and the sister, I don't remember which offhand. I think the wife dies and the sister goes to the hospital. They both ultimately do die. One of them dies immediately and one doesn't. Um, he's taken off to the jail and he goes into the jail and things actually, this is already a great story. This is a guy whose wife is running off selling her body and he shoots up a, a boarding house but then it gets weird okay he's in the jail he's in appleton county jail and he is a member of i guess it's a religious group what was called spiritualists and spiritualists were people who would do like the crystal ball thing or the seance thing and they they talk to the ghosts and so he would sit in his jail cell and you would have long conversations. And the jailer, the guard, would walk by. And he'd be like, who are you talking to? And he's like, I'm talking to my wife. And the jailer's like, okay, you're nuts. But okay. <laughs> but, you know, he's he firmly believes that, you know, he can talk to the dead. He can talk to spirits. So, so to him, you know, his wife isn't really dead. She's dead. But her spirit still lives. So he, so he ends up talking to her in the jail. Yeah. Hold on, just one second. So just for clarification, is this spiritualist group, was this something he was involved in prior to going to prison? Or is this something that existed in the prison that he got involved in once he was in prison? I don't know those details. I presume he was before. Okay. Um, at this time in history, this was actually really popular. Okay. This, like now today, like it's 
you know, mostly a joke or you do it like you might go to a psychic for fun or something. And I mean, not to not anybody who believes that I'm not, I don't mean that to knock you or anything, but this used to actually be much bigger. It used to be more mainstream than it is now. And, um, and yeah, and so he was, he was one of them and, you know, and the guards thought, you know, obviously you're not talking to your dead wife. You're just talking to yourself. You're goofy. Mm-hmm. Well, so he tells the guards, you know, well, my wife forgives me. She understands why I did what I did. And of course, that's, you know, the, the judge isn't going to care. <laughs> the judge is not going to care. He says, yeah, she forgives me. He talks to the dead sister. Ah, oh, yeah, she, she forgives me. But despite the fact that they apparently forgive him, he gets overcome with incredible guilt about what he did. He's like, I killed my wife. I killed my wife's sister. Now my kids don't have any parents. This is terrible. So he decides he's going to kill himself. And he goes about it in the most unusual way. Now, he's in jail, so obviously he's, he's not going to shoot himself. He can't really poison himself. So usually the thing you do if you try to kill yourself in jail, not that I'm recommending it, <laughs> but usually the thing that people do is they try to hang themselves. Like, that's one of the few he's, things you can do. Right. He doesn't go that route. He's much more creative. Much more creative. What he does is he tears his mattress apart and he starts eating pieces of the mattress and by the time they discover that he's been doing this they bring him to the hospital amazingly he survives but again i don't have my notes in front of me but i believe they pull something like 60 springs out of his stomach (laughs) like like just he's like oh i'm gonna go by eating springs and you know trying to tear apart my insides like I mean, bold move on this guy's part, but what an it, and it awful, probably probably would have worked, but they found him. What an awful way to die, though. A I really mean, awful that's got it. He must have just been in complete misery the whole time he was doing yeah. this. Yeah, I'm something not quite right with this guy. Which I don't know if it was always that way, or you know, or if he went a little nutty after you, you kill people and you get locked up. You sometimes you get a little goofy. I don't know what happened with this guy but yeah and ultimately he goes to trial and he actually gets off really light he gets off really light um while he's in there um somebody mysteriously burns down his house so his house no longer exists um so he gets out he has no house and he moves away so he's no longer in the fox cities area just uh, i mean this obviously the very short version anybody who wants the full version please purchase a copy of the Foxy's Murder Mayhem book. But that story really caught my attention because the version that was in the Wisconsin Death Trip, all that was in there was a newspaper clip of saying this guy was eating bed springs to try to kill himself. Didn't say anything about him uh, killing his wife or what his wife was doing. It just talked about what he did to try to get out of it later. And that was enough to catch my attention because who the hell is eating bed springs? Like, that's nuts. So... The whole story turned out to be just as interesting or maybe more interesting than that one little piece. So that's what kicked off the whole thing about wanting to know more about local crimes. So uh, I wanted to get that out of the way right away because pretty much everything we're going to talk about on this podcast probably wouldn't exist if I hadn't stumbled on that one article. Interesting. So now, just for I want to clarify this because I think I got the wrong impression at the beginning of the podcast. This is not the story you discovered that made you start researching crime in general. Just the fact that you were going to do Fox City's murder and mayhem. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Okay. I got the impression that this was like the story that led you down 
doing local crime as a research thing. Lo- you know, local crime, yes. Or I mean, well, to me, Milwaukee yes. mafia crime is local crime to us too. Um, but but this was after that fact. You were already down that, but then you discovered this article, and that made you want to look into more local. I, I guess it depends how you look at it. I mean, I discovered the article way back. I mean, this is probably 20 years ago now. Uh, so it's hard to say which came first. But um, but yeah, but when it came time, for people who don't know, uh, I had written the Milwaukee Mafia book and I'd written a couple local history books, not crime books, but just local history books. Uh, inevitably, eventually there was going to be the book Fox City's Murder and Mayhem that combine crime and local history. We've got to mix the two things that I do together into one book. Um, so, yeah, this was obviously going to be a story in that book. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't like when I saw this story 20 years ago, I was like, someday I'm going to write a book about this. Mm-hmm. That that did not happen, no. Right. Because I can see how, I mean, this is a super interesting story, and mm-hmm. I can see how this would get somebody obsessed with looking at history and things like that Mm -hmm. you know very much so because to see to hear a story like that in your own back door and i think we it's important that we mention to everybody for the people that aren't familiar with the area that might be listening to the podcast yeah that kakana is a town of what 15 20 thousand people yeah right now it's about 15 16 thousand yeah so this is a very, very small community, and to have a story like this within that community is... Old. I mean, I'm sure every small community has yeah. a story, but this is just a very interesting story that you would not expect to ha- well, hear from that small and of a community. it's not going to be our only strange Kakana story, for sure. <laughs> So, okay, so maybe I'm completely wrong because maybe there's just a long line. Of- there's, gonna, there's, a, there's another another one that will be coming up uh, that's not maybe not as strange, but definitely has certain strange elements to it. Um, and, and we got one just outside of town, outside of the Kakana in the, you know, in the countryside, in the farm area. We got a double murder out there that's still unsolved today. Really? So, yeah, uh, there's, there's every city's got its past. There's no city where somebody didn't die in a strange or, you know, horrific way. It's Nobody's immune. Mm-hmm. I think that was a great episode to kick this off with. Thanks. Or, and, or a great story, I should say. So hopefully everybody got a good taste of what this podcast is going to be back out. And what is it? Uh, two weeks we'll be back with another episode. I guess so. This has been Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, Episode 1. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Eric Walterkins. I'm Gavin Schmidt. Have a great one. Thanks for tuning in to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem.